0: la 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 chats
1: <laughs> It's Christmas. How, how long have you been planning that?
0: <laughs> oh, ever since he said, this might be the only time we get a chance to do it. I, I was like, oh, <laughs> like it's fa, la 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 ba chats tonight. <laughs>
1: Merry Christmas
0: season, yay! Happy Christmas. At B H S. chats We are so glad that you are listening to B-A-Chats And and probably maybe sipping something warm. We
1: are. We're sipping warm things. And there's a ginormous Christmas tree right out of the window. It's 30
0: feet in the air. (laughs) Well, not in the air. It's 30 feet high, I should say. Yes. So, happy Christmas. B.A. Chats, here we are.
1: Thanks for listening. B.A. Chats, we do this because we believe in the testimony, so we share testimonies. The word testimony actually means do it again, God. So, this is very much a way to promote Increase and just what Jesus is doing in all of us because we hear and you get good ideas and your heart starts crying out to Father, I want to be a part of what you're doing too. And it's just the body of Christ. So we love to share testimonies on BA Chats.
0: That's so good. And the other reason that we do BA Chats is that when you walk into a Bethel, Atlanta environment on a Sunday or or a Bassam school on a Monday or Tuesday night or Bethel Equip on a Wednesday night, like, wow, we're, we're going for it, aren't we? Sunday, yep, we Monday, are. Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, I, I think we probably have other days too. But oh when sure. you walk into our environment, there are just so many lovely, wonderful, awesome people. And there are just there's so much gold hidden that you just don't know about. Because unless you sit down and have a conversation with somebody or have somebody to dinner, you don't get to know who they are, their story. And so this is an opportunity for us to just absolutely brag about the people that are in our body here at Bethel Atlanta so that is the other reason why we do this and it's my favorite thing I love it and our guest
1: I was so great so great our guests tonight are absolutely you guys are those people wow thank you I'm gonna go ahead and let you introduce yourselves let's start with you Kyle
2: my name is Kyle Francis
1: okay and I'm Mary Beth (laughs) welcome welcome Kyle and Mary Beth we're so glad to have you guys thank you we're happy to be here (laughs) oh it's so good 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 to have you well, let's just, we're going to let you guys just kind of introduce yourselves. We like to kind of start out with, um, well, what are you doing? What capacity do you serve at Bethel Atlanta? Kyle, let's start with you.
2: Well, we we started going to Bethel, I would say, five, six. five or six years ago. Okay. And so that was right around the time where we started dating. And yeah, we were, we were dating at the time. And so I think for a lot of reasons, it was kind of, she was more established at, at a couple of churches. And so I think I probably put the... The pressure on her as I said let's let's go find somewhere where we can be us for the first time together sure. versus just like I just felt like everywhere I would go I would be Mary Beth's boyfriend which was
1: <laughs> an honor that's a, that's a great yeah. title to have sure. but just for
2: me it was like well let's let's just see if there was somewhere else and so that kind of lent itself to, to Bethel for us so we we made a, a long drive when we were dating we both lived in the Marietta area oh, so it was a long wow. a long commute down for us
1: oh wow and and so how long have you guys been married Five and a half years. Five and a half years. You've wow. just gotten married. You're still newlyweds. <laughs> <winners. Wow>. You, <laughs> you guys, guys are still honeymooning. You yeah. are. You're honeymooning. Congratulations. Thank you. That <laughs> is so
0: great. We honor and, and celebrate five and a half years. I
1: know. It's beautiful. Those first it's five years are exciting. That's great. Yes. <laughs> well, so why Bethel? Mary Beth? Yeah. we. Um,
3: well, we both went to the school, and that was... Really powerful. We both went the first year together. Okay. And we started off, we were dating and then we got engaged in October of that year. And then we were married by the end of the school year. So we were married in April. So that was fun. uh, In your first year? In my first, in our first year. In your first year, year of
0: school, you dated and then got married. Yeah. Dated, engaged, all married that. all in first year. Dated, yeah. engagement, married all in uh, the first year. Yeah. Oh, that's, right. that year. That's That's pretty legit. It was a, <laughs> that's, that's so nice. That's I by spring, baby. <laughs> <Right>. Get that <laughs> money back. <laughs> right.
1: Really, that's so nice to have that going on in class. I bet you were the sweethearts of the class. Was everybody ooing and aahing over you? <laughs> like, oh there yeah, they are. Some, some
2: had different reactions. how <laughs> <bet. laughs>
1: <laughs> Fine. Okay, so you were first-year students. What was that experience? It's yeah. like at Bassham, And yeah. let's see, if we're in 19, this is around 13, 14, yes right? Yeah, so
3: we got married. Yeah, that was that year. Okay. Started in 13 and ended in 14.
1: Yeah, it was so great. It was perfect
3: timing because, you know, that was the first year that Jen and Justin were here, mm. and we feel oh, like we just perfect. gained so much from them being in that season of engagement. We were some oh, of uh, Justin's first um, pre-marriage couples. To you guys, To get counseling from him, and oh my goodness, that is is his jam! Oh yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we know. We know. (laughs) We have
3: benefited so much from just their presence at Bethel, and we took that relationship class, and that really set us up for success. How was
1: the relationship class? It was really good. Do you want to speak into it?
2: Yeah, I I really liked it a lot as well. I just I'm a learner in general, and so it was. I just felt like in specifically in relationships like that, you're learning so much all wow. the time. It's just like exponential growth. Oh, OK, I was doing it that way. Now I'm not. So I just I felt like it was such great kind of like boundaries and guardrails for us like to lay a healthy foundation. So that was something that I feel like we didn't have to like looking back, we didn't have to relay foundations because yeah. we wow. didn't get it later. You know, like we got it prior to that season. And so I just feel like that helped us.
1: How wow. valuable. I can't. Oh, so valuable. We've been married for 22 years this month, last week. Wow. Congratulations.
2: Congratulations.
1: Thanks, thanks. And in 22 years, I mean, the marriages and the people that we've known that have suffered from exactly what you said, I just, boy, the, the importance and the value of getting pre-marriage anything. Yes. Could you guys Foundation. speak into that? I mean, how, how profitable has it been in your five and a half, six years?
3: Like, we we really take to heart. Like, we, we consider Jen and Justin, like, a mother and father, and yeah. so we are just, mm-hmm. you know, their voice in our lives has been so powerful, and we just, you know, time and time again, when we're communicating with one another, and it's tempting to just raise our voice a little <laughs> bit, or to be disrespectful, for, I'll speak about myself, I guess, <laughs> when I am tempted to go there It's, you know, it's good to just, like, remember those, like, practical tools that are so based in just, like, keeping your love on. Like, this is so important because this is the person I've chosen to love. And I think something that's so powerful is that, you know, the gospel starts at home, you Mm -hmm. know, and that we get to demonstrate the love that jesus gave us first at home and then it overflows and a lot of homes don't look like that you know a lot of homes it's like oh here's my ministry face and then come home and these are the people that i can like yell at and whatever
1: yeah
3: and you know i just think that was such a gift to us to really learn um that this is our priority you know you are my priority um not this you know ministry or or job or whatever like you are you're it you know
1: i feel like uh, people all of us do pretty well understanding that concept but the tools are not always there yeah so so what resources would you recommend like let's say somebody's listening right now that's engaged right Or, or honestly if you're not even engaged or married i mean this is great it's they're just good tools what would you recommend
2: I would say to find people whose marriages you admire first and foremost, and just try to spend time with them and and, and ask them a lot of questions. Um, I would say keep your love on the book by Danny Silk was a really, really good resource. Okay. Um, I don't know. Is it it doc? The boundaries book Mm. was another really, really good book that I, I think we're all, again, those were kind of speaking to the things that were really great for us foundationally. Like that, that, that was, our communication has been guided by that all along. And so I think it's helped us to avoid a lot of like the really, you, you know, when, when, when tensions are high, not being nasty towards one another and, and communicating, like it talks a lot in, in the books, and we hear it a lot from Justin and Jen and other people about communicating with I messages. I feel this way when you versus you make me feel when you. And so that's two well, totally different. Yeah.
1: They're very different so Those are received
2: two different ways. Right. And so just yeah. really working hard to to just be able to, to do that with one another. And I, and I think, again, kind of going back to when it's so foundational, I find myself recognizing when I'm not because it's my normal to communicate in that way because that's kind of what we really worked on. And so now if I get out of alignment from that, it's really obvious because I'm like, well, that's not that's not who I am. That's not what we do. And so it's easy to identify. So it's easier to know when, okay, I need to take a step back here. This is I need to change my attitude or behavior. This isn't me. Yeah. Right.
3: Right.
1: Yep. You know, so many excellent resources out there. Those are definitely two of them. Those two, to me, feel almost like um, manuals. I just keep mm-hmm. them around. Yep. I open yeah. boundaries back up. I've been going through it again the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they're just constant. Like ah, read, rereads. Yeah,
0: and who's the the gentleman who does um, uh, brave communication? At, That's um, another Ethel one. Reading as well is mm-hmm. really really good. Oh, is it remember. Dan Fairley? Dan Fairley. Yeah. Oh he, my He gosh. does. He has a whole series on brave communication that is.
1: It's an audio and yeah. it's as helpful as keep your love on it and is boundaries. It's super helpful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I to check it out. Oh my gosh. It it's out. so good. And it's yeah. an audio. So you can just right. clean house. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Beth was saying earlier, boy, you get your podcast in when you're cleaning. Oh, yeah. It's good good material. It makes cleaning possible, actually. Right, You're like, totally. this has to be worth more than just getting clean. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, uh, one other thing, going back to the pre-marriage, like I I think we're both huge advocates for the for pre-marriage, but I find myself, when I'm meeting with a lot of other guys that aren't quite as far along as, as we are, is I, I think it's really important to do post-marriage counseling probably 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 even more so and and unfortunately yeah really i i I think in in our bethel culture people are part of that i think that that's a normal thing to say but what i've learned and experienced that if you communicate that in other social circles or to other people that it's an indication that if you're going to counseling well something's broken something's wrong when that's certainly not the case um that you really want to go from, from glory to glory, from, you know, greater to greater. And so I I think that there's, again, going back to pre-marriage, you get all these tools and you get all these other things, but then, once you get married, you're, uh, the, the silly examples that they even talk to us about that I still think about is what's a full trash can to you versus your oh, spouse? Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great right. communication. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so it's, it's just like the things like that. Like you just can't be prepared for that. You can't. Like no matter even – even yep no no matter how much pre-marriage, you just don't know. If you've never shared a trash can, then you don't, right. know.
0: <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You never know what can start. Sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's so <laughs> little helpful. Little trigger, right? That's
1: so helpful, and I love that. And I would say that's completely and totally true. I appreciate a lot about us, but one of the things is just the the concept of growing constantly, learning all the time, and yeah. that counseling is an advocate to that. It's not because something is wrong. I mean, right. go if something is wrong for sure, right. but that's not the only purpose. That's good. Right. That's yeah, really good, I love that. Yeah. So you would tell people get counseling. Oh. Absolutely,
3: Great. It's great to just have a third party because a lot of times, I mean, there's, t- I mean, plenty of times I've gone into a counseling session, like just ready to like tell Justin like sure. all the things that are wrong about Kyle and I'm ready for him to defend me and to publicly oh, yeah. tell Kyle, you know, all the things that he's done wrong. But a lot of times that's exactly like I need to hear from the third party, like actually here's some things that I notice that, you know, in your attitude or your tone or the way that you're approaching this, like there's some things that could be tweaked about you. And so it's just so humbling and it's just this humble way to approach relationships is wow. like, I'm not the only one with a voice here. Like we're That's both awesome. in this together, you yeah. know, That's it's awesome. a great way to hear each other. Like if we're, you're having a hard time, like being heard or hearing the other person, It's a great thing to, like, get a third party involved. I love
1: that. If you're having trouble being heard or hearing Mm -hmm. the other person, because that happens. Oh, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Religiously. No, I'm (laughs) just kidding. Kyle, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. I've noticed it seems like right after school, we're like, oh, I have the degree. I'm finished learning. And there's Mm -hmm. this nonver... I don't think anybody ever says that. But then, oh, I'm married. Now it just... Fill in the blank. But none of that is true. We right. should just be eternal learners. Like the, the more we learn, and the more that we, we're you know what we're transformed constantly into the image of Jesus by the renewing of our mm-hmm. mind. We're constantly right. learning and changing our minds. Oh yeah, so I love this. That's good. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we did. What, so what capacity are you guys? <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, <laughs> you, it, that was so we helpful. Got it. it was really <laughs> helpful.
0: So you guys did first year baptism together. You did. did. <laughs> you did dating, engagement, marriage all in one year. That's awesome. So, um, so kind of walk us through what happened next. Like, did you did you immediately start serving like in capacity here at Bethel? Like, what what were you guys doing? Yeah, it was it was
2: interesting for us in in first year specifically because we had met through we had both worked with the human trafficking ministry at the Ooh. same time.
3: What what, what uh, ministry?
2: Nightlight was the name of it. Oh, okay. great! And so, which is now
3: out of darkness. Okay, it's, they've kind of like joined. Okay, so when
2: when we met, Mary Beth had just finished serving with them in a full-time basis and had just gotten back from spending a few months in Africa. And I was about to go serve with them full-time and go to Africa then. So she was kind of like closing the door on what I was just going into oh my gosh. at the time. So prior <laughs> to, to, add to that dating, engaged, married. So probably (laughs) two two months into our dating, I went to Africa for like 10 or 12 weeks. Wow. And so then that happened. I got back in August. School started in September. So there was just a lot. You know, we kind of had a lot, a lot in the, in that first year uh, of all of that. So anyway, all that to say, first year for us was, was really good. I think that in particular, the first year message of the identity message of, of who you are is just, it doesn't matter.
0: Oh, It's beautiful.
2: Yeah, it, it just, it really, it's such a great reminder uh, all the time. And so I think that we really, really benefited from from doing that together, Whereas a little bit different for us because we had done some ministry before. And so then you're, when you're in uh, ministry school, then you're, you're doing some outreaches and different things like that. And that's always been like a huge passion of ours. And so then when we were engaged and we were figuring out what we were going to do after we we were married, you know, we had both spent time overseas. We're both passionate about doing overseas missions, international missions or domestic missions.
1: Had you guys always been in missions separately just growing up? Is that like just a passion? Like when did that? I would
3: say for me, I, um, that was something that developed like when I was in my twenties and I just started doing more international missions. Okay. And, um, for you too, I think that that was was that your first international mission Yeah,
2: trip? I didn't grow up in the church, so for me it wasn't that way at all. It was kind of a, a later thing for me in my twenties when I started awesome. really kind of changing, um, coming out of a hard lifestyle, and so. Okay. Um, super cool. Yeah, so so for for us to then, we were trying to figure out uh, when we were when we were engaged, we would go to some of the inner city neighborhoods where there was a lot of uh, women in prostitution and, um, you know, high drug trafficking areas and different stuff like that. And we would do outreach and form relationships and we would go there periodically. And we did that both like in an official capacity. And then also we just did it some just like through our relationships. It's what we like to do. And so we also, um, there was an awesome class that we took together. It's called Jesus in the Quran. And so what they do is they, uh, have curriculum that effectively teaches you how to walk through, uh, if you're with someone um, that's a Muslim, how to walk through the Quran with them. And wow. it's kind of how how so much of it is just parallel between Bible and Quran. And then ultimately they both point to Jesus. Um, wow. And so it was a really, really cool class that we took. And then they, they gave us an option at the end of it to um, get connected with some families. Uh, and so there were uh, refugee families from... Um, they were Palestinian, uh, so, so were somewhere somewhere in, in the Middle East, I don't remember exactly where, where they were in a camp, but they had just gotten moved uh, over here as refugees with the United Nation, and so then we got a chance to connect with um, two elementary school kids and to teach them English, and so we would go over there once a week and do some wow. things like that with them, and so... That was really really fun. We loved them and and their family and getting to know their culture and everything. So that was something that was really great. So we were kind of trying to make the decision at that point. Okay, do we want to move to this community because that's in Clarkston, Georgia? Where okay. I don't know. I think yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I think that there's like a, it's 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 a little place and there's like 80 nationalities uh, all right there because yeah. when the UN. Um, sends gotcha. refugees okay. to, um, to the United States. So typically the closest flight to the international airports, Atlanta. So that's why there's so much diversity in yeah. Atlanta. And so then Stone Mountain, Clarkston, all of those communities are often where families then join up together Twins, yeah. that are from, uh, from other countries. And so we felt like, okay, well, we could move there or we could move to um, the neighborhood where we live now, which is more the inner, the inner city uh, ministry that I talked about, or we could go overseas. And so we, we talked about it and we prayed about it and we ultimately decided to stay here. And we we got what now was really, really great advice was to not jump into any of it. Our first year of marriage was we were living just a more traditional suburban life. And so uh, we, we did that for, for a year before we moved where we live now.
1: And which so, is where, tell us where you guys live. We live in the English Avenue community. Some people know it
3: as the Bluff.
1: Okay, great. And this is intentional. You guys moved there because you loved that people group and you loved ministry? We love it. Mary, talk to us about that.
0: Yeah.
3: We love it. We were so drawn to this community. It's just, um, you know, when we would walk around, a a lot of times we would say, that feels so much like africa like just wow. boarded up homes yeah. homes with tarps like people living on porches and just like you know wow. making it work with this or that material and um and we just found that people were super receptive there and do you want to talk about your background and that being a reason why we
2: yeah so i used to be a drug addict and so the area where we live now is it's it's considered it's like the it's known as it's it's about to not be known as that, but for a while it was <laughs> known as the mm-hmm. like the the heroin capital of the southeast United States. So it's it's, it's the it's, bluff was yes yes wow so, so it's, I didn't know it's, that. it's it's yeah. referred to as an open area drug market so. We, we actually live on what used to be, but it's actually changing now, like the premier drug corner in the city. And so we would regularly just be like this, if this was in our living room and it was a couple of years ago, we'd have the blinds open and we could watch in an hour, you know, 10, 20 drug deals just right out there, like on the corner. Just
1: wow. It's wild. So you guys literally, your love for missions and your heart for missions led you to the bluff in Atlanta.
3: Yes. We love it.
1: Whoa. And you (laughs) love it. How long have you been there?
3: For her four and a half years.
2: Wow! So, yeah. Yeah, we, we we moved in on our uh, one, one year, year anniversary. Year. Uh, so we took we took, you we literally took the one you're year. You're like <laughs> okay, one year. And we're a like date, all right, we're date. ready to go. Uh, <laughs>
1: but that you just loved. You were just ready to jump in.
2: It was beautiful. Yes.
1: Wow. Well, okay. So give us some stories. Can you tell us about living in the Bluff, your mission field in Atlanta?
3: There, there is no typical day there. You know, there's just, it's, it's um, really fun. You know, a lot of times we, um, we have kids that come over and, you know, we, we ultimately decided like when we first moved in, we were like, we're going to have these boundaries. Like this is our safe place. Like our home needs to be a safe place. I was pregnant at the time. I was like, you know, this needs to be like, our boundaries stop at the door, you know, people aren't going to come in and, um, and, and it's a front porch community. So it was easy to like make these relationships out in our yard and, you know, talking with our neighbors and everything. So, but we do let the kids in and there's a couple of other people that we let in and, um, and have had dinner with them and, you know, I'll share about, um, one of our favorite, favorite, favorite people in the whole neighborhood, um, is this? She's now 52, but at the time, she was almost 50. And this was her first time having dinner in a home with white people. Wow. And wow. the whole time, she just kept on asking us like, if we were prejudiced. And we were like, no. And, th- and she was like, well, I know you're not prejudiced because you live here. And, well, what about your dad? Is your dad prejudiced? And we'd be like, no. <laughs> like she just went through the sure. list of like everybody oh, like wow. what about this person and and then she just shared about her background and you know she's an almost 50 year old woman she's selling her body to make a living and she started at the age of 17 I think is when her um some she's you know she has this background where like no white people have been nice to her <laughs> like she has In not experienced years kindness from a whole race, like a whole like ethnicity, not a race, but a whole ethnicity, you know? And, um, so that was just shocking to us. And so she went through and, you know, shared some of the things that have happened to her family at the hand of white people that what they've done, like her uncle was killed by white people and that was a protective figure in her life. And, you know, when that protective figure, was gone, that's when she started working in a strip club, that's when, you know, um, people started taking advantage of her, and, you know, now she's 52, and she's just, I feel like, you know, she puts up this hard front, like, I'm fine, and everything, but then, you know, when she feels God's love, she's like, she cries, (laughs) and she just, like, um... I just feel like God has been so relentless towards her and just, um, just his love is so massive towards her. And we just, we love her so much. And she's just one of our, our favorite, favorite people. And I feel like there's just like all these like little things. And it feels like, you know, I I feel like there's a, there's a lot of ministries where they can say like, there's this many people that have come to faith and there's this and that. And I'm like, we don't, have that yet you know i think that's coming but um but there's people that are feeling love for the first time and you know our neighborhood is not um um like people know about jesus and people have been in religious environments there's 22 churches in our neighborhood like there's just a huge amount of religion.
1: In 22 our churches in that neighborhood. In the neighborhood. In the blue.
2: Yeah, there's, there's probably one on every block, maybe two right. on every block, like in some capacity.
1: Are they helpful at all? Some. Okay, so. the, the majority,
2: the, the way the dynamic is, is it was an affluent African, primarily African-American community a couple of generations ago or a generation ago. And so a lot of the people who are now going to church there were the grandkids of their okay. grandparents who lived there. And so mm-hmm. in African-American culture, a lot of times that's there's just a very strong. Um, uh, identity and culture of the the, ch- the specific church that they go to. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. And so then when you grow up going there, a lot of them now uh, I would say are sort of uh, – transient so they live in other areas of the city very few of them actually live there so it kind of creates this vacuum where a lot of a lot of folks are coming back on Sundays and they're coming there and worshiping and doing everything but then heading back out and so you have a lot of churches that don't really have a lot of activity or are smaller and other things like that and so you know a lot of the feedback that we've unfortunately gotten from neighbors and stuff is they just they say we don't feel like churches are doing anything we don't we we feel um you know, uncomfortable going in there and, and other things like that. And so we just had just countless conversations with people that they just don't feel seen or, or, or feel heard. And so, you know, I think the thing the thing for us with us just living there is that's just what we've tried to do is just take the time to just sit with people and talk and listen to their stories. I mean, that's so much of what we're doing. And I think that was wow. a big thing, you know, um, and, you know, we didn't say it, but, you know, we're white in a night uh, a place that's probably 99 percent african-american and yep. so you know we're very much the minority being where we are which is kind of a new a new experience for for us but just kind of understanding what what that is like you know and it's 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 uncomfortable you know it, it, it really is just being the minority i'm not saying that it, it's not even anyone inherently pointing anything negative yeah. at you just being the minority it, it can feel uncomfortable and so i think that you know f- for for us a lot of our Relationships. We just want people to know, like, hey, we're here for you. You can knock on our door, and and we'll make ourselves available, and, and whatever we can do to to help, love you, and to help. Just I, I, you know, I, I think that there's so there's so many things where there's just basic needs that 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 need to get met, and and we do some of that, but I think you also have to be careful living in an environment where we do where it doesn't just set up where we're just kind of a, a yeah. we're a food bank or an actual bank or other things like that where we. We we do do things for people, but we just we genuinely want to want to know them and and want to have relationship with them.
1: So would you say they view you as ministers or they view you as neighbors?
3: Neighbors. Neighbors. So So that was our goal moving in was, you know, we want to be good neighbors.
2: I would say some people will call us pastor. But I think it's more common like in 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 that kind of environment where people like titles, apostle, prophet, sure, pastor, sure. like different things like that will be. So I, I've been called pastor a few times. It's endearing to me. I, sure, I, I really sure. it means a lot to me when people say that. I, have, yeah. of course, don't require it. I'm not asking anyone sure. to call me pastor, but it's. I'll
1: call you pastor. Pastor Kyle. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, I, I, and I think that it's just different because one of the things that we have to navigate is like there have been challenges living where where we live, like our immediate neighbors that actually live in the homes next to us. Um, uh, two of them are sisters who have lived in the home for 70 years. So they've, they've years. seen a lot. They've, they've wow. seen huge transitions. They, they, they've, they've seen a lot. They've seen kind of the multiple life cycles of this community and, and a lot of different things that they've seen. And then um, our, the, our neighbors on the other side were again, they're in their seventies and raised their grandson and have been there since the early nineties. And then our other neighbor that lives close to us, we actually, randomly, uh, of course, uh, we say randomly in, in quotations because, uh, you know, God had connected us with this woman and her triplets before we'd actually moved in the neighborhood. We ended up walking with her and her kids for like an hour, going to Walmart and just getting to know them and just had this really great conversation with them. And we didn't know it until after we moved in, but they were actually our, our new neighbors across the street wow. from us. And so wow. they're a family that, that we really love. So anyway, I say all that because the relationships are different. One thing we've had to learn is they might not share our mission or our vision. And so trying to serve them and love them and understand their viewpoint while also trying to love and to serve the people who are addicted to drugs, who are prostituting, who may present themselves as a danger to our other neighbors. We're welcoming them. And so it's this weird tension of really having to navigate through that. And so that 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 has been really one of the greatest challenges we had, especially in the beginning when we were just were kind of like, hey, we just want people to come and wanted to be an outlet and a source for people uh, in, you know, in physical ways from, hey, you can come on our porch and you can plug in your phone and you can get water out of our spigot because there's a lot of people that are addicted to drugs and, and living in abandoned houses. I mean, that's just kind yeah. of the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. When, when you end up being where we are, um, you, you've, you've burnt all the bridges with your family. You, sure. you don't have, uh, you, you're out of options. This is it. And wow. so you're, that's how you end up living in an abandoned house. And so you don't have utilities. You don't have all these things. And so it's just kind of like on yeah. us, like, wow, like we do, you know? And so we're just trying to figure this kind of pioneering thing out. Yeah. And, and so, and so again, it's just, it's just created some, some tense moments with our actual neighbors and just having kind of going back to brave, brave communication. And a lot of things we went to Justin a lot and said, Hey, how do we, how do we navigate this? And so I think some things we've done well and some things we wish we could have, done differently but it's just now i feel like we're we've been there long enough where they know i feel they know our heart is to love right. and, and and so they have more grace for us now because they know they're not their, their intentions are pure that's that's what i gotcha. think they think
0: so wow. w- um when when you look around in your neighborhood and <clears throat> in, in different homes and how many families are there mom dad children
3: there's a ton of kids, and a lot of them are single-parent homes. Um, but I would say that as far as age, there's a lot of diversity. Like, there's yeah. kids, and then there's elderly people. There's everything in between. Um, but, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times it's not. Like, we, we are, like, some of the only, like, married people that have a home. Like, things that a lot of people see as normal. <laughs> like, we are a a the exception. Mom and a dad. Right. And kids. Yeah. And so wow. they, they look at us and that was something that God highlighted to Kyle's heart was that verse about like true religion in the sight of the father is to love orphans and widows. And then the second part of that verse is, is, is essentially says, and to not be corrupted by the world and to like live these honorable lives Beautiful. And that was something that God highlighted to Kyle and that we've seen is that we're just, we're just living our lives. Like, we're just, wow. we're loving each other. We love our daughter. You know, like, we're just living our lives. And this is, like, <laughs> super different for yeah. a lot of people. Wow. You know, like, I remember one of the conversations I had with our across-the-street neighbor. And they're not too... <coughs> She 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 has become a good friend of mine, and she's a little bit younger than me. And she's the one with the triplets. And um, she and her – she has a twin brother. <laughs> she has a twin brother, and she has triplets, triplets. of her own. Yeah. Wow. Um, anyways, um, they were asking me, you know, how me and Kyle met, and, you know, did we meet in a club? And <laughs> I was like, um – doing ministry together like and this is yep. just wild and like yep. I, and i went through and i was like and kyle actually the first time he asked me out it was like through this like valentine's day card and like that and he asked me to coffee and she was like oh i want somebody to ask me to coffee and it blew my mind that like this was the first time she had heard of somebody asking somebody on a date you know And she's had relationships with these, with plenty of men. And so she, the guy that she was with at the time, she went and told him, like, I want you to uh, take me to coffee. And he was like, well, I'll bring you a a pot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he didn't understand what she was asking. And he was, she was (laughs) like, no, I want you to, like, take me somewhere and, like, we can have coffee together. And because of, like, this thing that is super normal for us, like, to go and get coffee on our first date, you know? And then to have these like this healthy family, you know, it's like they're just looking at us like, what are you doing here? And like when we first moved in, they thought we were the cops. They were like, who are you? <laughs> oh we God. cannot figure you out. Like, And the cops would actually be like, do you know where you are? We we're like, yes, we know exactly where we are. We're here. On purpose. We're, we're here. So you we are communi- moving in. Yeah. You
1: communicated, we are here to love these people. We are just here to yes. be a family in the midst of them and love right. these folks. That's these what you said. These are neighbors. Yeah. Wow. You know, like,
3: wow. we're here. Like, we're not, like, it's not like an us and them thing. Like, these are yeah. our neighbors, you know. And, and that was something that felt super important is because, you know, we had done a lot of ministry where we come in once a week. Or, and, I mean, come in regularly, sure. you know, like, And, and consistently love, love uh, people in a a certain area. And what we've, what we've realized is like how powerful it is to like be there and say like, I am here with you. Like we are neighbors. We're in this together. Like, you know, and obviously like, you know, I, there's no way for us to ever know what it's like to grow up like poor and black and to not have a great education system. And you know, the, right. Things are stacked against you. Like we have no idea. Like there's no way for us to comprehend like what that reality is like. But at the same time, like we are choosing. Like we're here. You know. Like you're so important to us, and we just want to be here and love you and
0: yeah, be your neighbor. It just it feels to me like when you're saying this is that you're literally. This is what I'm actually seeing. So I'm just gonna say this. Say it. I'm like, I'm like, actually seeing this scroll like rolling out of mm-hmm. your doorstep, like, and it's a scroll of possibilities that people didn't know were options in their world until mm-hmm. you actually stepped in and said, "I want you to know what's available." Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's just because of your your heart for for the King. Wow. <laughs> um, and what you're, but what you're doing is saying. It de- it doesn't matter what you've been dealt, look what is available. Yes, and and you're really a you really are a like you're a scroll of possibilities. And wow, wow. just keep uh, wow. wow wow that's a, it's just amazing. I yeah. love
1: that this was Beautiful. your solution to yeah. this problem <laughs> yeah. is to move in and be a family in the middle.
0: Well, and to understand yeah. that to 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 really see that uh, honestly, like that's where. Um, that's where we begin, and that's what the kingdom is like is a, is a family. Mm-hmm. Yes. And wow, your lives—it's not your words; it is your lives that are prophesying truth mm-hmm. to people.
1: You guys look like Jesus. Totally, <laughs> totally. you do. Like Jesus, what? you know he's. Whoa. What good could come out of Nazareth? It's it's mm. like the Lord heard people talking about that, and He was like, "And that is where I think I'll be born." I mean, it was prophesied for thousands of years, but you know what I mean? He just looks for where can I plant myself that um, I can just blossom and change everything? Where is it dry? I will make it a garden. Mm. You guys really?
2: I would also say to anyone listening to this, it's been kind of a desire for us, for other people from our church to just like, if you didn't know that a community like this existed and that there's already people there, if anyone hears this and you want to know more about our lives and just come and, and hang with us The the art the invitation is, is is open for that because that's a desire for for all of us
1: thanks
3: kyle which, thank you. which brings us back to your original question about <laughs> how we are how we're planted at church here or how we serve here and that is that we have bethel teams come we have yeah. students come the, the students in the school of ministry come and um Twice a month, or every other week, yep. or whatever the setup is, they they come and they just radically love our neighborhood, and it is amazing.
1: I love it. did not know that you guys were the contact in the in the Bluffs. I mean, yes. I know that we went to the Bluffs. The the testimonies are beautiful, and and I've got to say, you guys are I mean, just gorgeous. The testimonies are like this: people just loving people coming back. Wasn't it's it huge. Jordan Pothiers, the one? Oh, yeah. Wasn't he in the bluffs when he came back in just his undershirt and his <laughs> he boxers <gets> his pants <laughs> to Yeah, and his yep. shoes and his shirt. And his wife was like, man, I opened right. the door because apparently this is a thing, but I mean, it's that, you know, that kind of love. It's so, so amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You guys. Thanks. I appreciate ya. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. So you guys <gasps> were one year married. We, we, we decided <laughs> when you're in, we decided you're, you're now it's like we're growing a family. Aww. So, you know, uh, and I'm sure lots of things are happening <laughs> and, and then you have a book, yes. <laughs> like, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's a, like another book in our midst, which I'm so excited because when we look around and I've, I've noticed been prophesied in Bethel forever. Like there are writers and authors and, and then, whoa, here that here is they happening. go. It's like mm-hmm. click, click, click. They just keep going. And I had no idea. Yeah. That you wrote a book.
1: I wrote a book. (laughs) Good job, Mary Beth. (laughs) That is
0: so awesome.
1: (laughs) That's exciting. Tell us about your
3: book. So tell us about your book. Yes, it's called Becoming the Butterfly. And, you know, if a butterfly is a picture of overcoming and resurrection life and just new life and new creations and hope and joy. You know, that is... um, The journey I've been on, it's, uh, the book is about our, my grieving process after losing actually two of my children, but it, the, the book started because we lost our firstborn daughter, Opal Joy, and she was stillborn four years ago in November.
1: So, um, I love her name. What a wonderful name. Opal Joy.
3: It's Kyle's Kyle's great-grandmother. Oh, was named Opal perfect. and she was just a treasured gift for her family. So we wow. we loved naming her that and um yeah, so the way that I processed my grief was through writing and I just wow. would spill out. You know as the you know, I'm sure people that are listening people grieve. People go through all kinds of stuff. Life can be hard sometimes and hmm. um and as as the listeners probably understand that like grief can feel like waves like it can just come in waves and it's like a big question will come up or a big fear or doubt or um, just a, a heaviness or just a different feeling a different way of looking at a feeling sometimes would come up and I would just write like I would just like talk about everything I was feeling and then I would invite God into that process and he just showed up every time (laughs) he just showed up every time (laughs) and it was I mean you know I lived out that verse like he is near to the brokenhearted and it wasn't just you know a a theological verse for me it was like my life like he is near and so Mm. you know I I didn't write with the intention of of publishing a book but I I reached a point like where the more people I met that were grieving and in pain, I was like, wow, there are a lot of people who haven't had encounters with the living God as they've grieved. Mm. A lot of people have done this solo and that is just, that's impossible. It's impossible to grieve without the comforter. And that's why people get stuck in it. That's why we have all kinds of coping mechanisms. That's why people you know, deal with it in all kinds of ways, you know, is because, you know, the comforter is available to us. And, um, and so I just wanted my, my experiences with the Lord to be this testimony of like, Hey, this is possible. And so, you know, not only did I share my experiences, I also included questions for people reading and just a way to invite them into their own process, you know, because so many people are grieving. Like there's so many people that go through all kinds of stuff. And, um, and so my hope is that the book is, is for, um, not just people that have lost a child or children, but, um, that, um, you know, are going through any kind of painful loss, you know,
0: so, can 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 you? Uh, would you mind uh, just like opening up a, a little bit of that story and walking us yeah. through um, your journey? Um, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be you know the full, complete you know book, obviously. You yeah. know, But um, we'd love to hear just a little bit of your journey and 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 what happened, what that was like, and and what are some of the things that that um, the, the Lord was ministering to you as you were walking through this mm. process?
3: Yeah. So, um, so four years ago (laughs) I was very pregnant or, you know, a little over four years ago, I was very (laughs) pregnant and, um, and we went a little past her due date and just wanting to be as natural as possible. And just, we were waiting on her and hoping for her Mm. and everything. And, and then all of a sudden one day it just kind of like her movements kind of changed a little bit. And I just, um, and and weren't as frequent and then you know I just didn't feel her moving much at all and so um we went in to get checked out and found out that she had stopped her heart had stopped beating in my womb so oh, it's still
1: <laughs> it is it's so super hard bless her bless her precious <laughs> person little opal yeah. joy yeah bless her yeah so
3: you know um with that being our first child, yeah. Um, you know, I had quit my job. Oh, <laughs> had, wow. You know, my whole life's dream and purpose has been motherhood. You know, oh. I was laughing. <laughs> you know, I would dress up for Halloween every year as a mom. <laughs> like I would, uh, people would be like, "What are you?" And I'd be like, "I'm a mom. Don't you see my baby in my stroller? Can you give me some candy?" <laughs> That is so best awesome. best
1: ever. Right. Best purpose just, ever.
3: <laughs> it really is. It's it the is. best. It's the best. Motherhood is the best. So um you know um that's just not how I saw our entry into parenthood no way. looking. And so we just really um you know, you really can't prepare. <laughs> for for anything like no. that, and so we just you know we just moved through that painful season. How, you know the best way we knew. How sure, and sure. And obviously, it's still it's still painful. You of know, like losing a child is such an injustice. It is know? an injustice. Yeah. So, um, six months after we lost Opal, we got pregnant with um, our. Rainbow baby, Asha, <laughs> who is amazing. We just, she, we can't get over how wonderful she is and how she funny she is. She is wonderful. Oh my she gosh. is. She's that just, she's is, amazing. She is adorable. <laughs> wow. She is, and she's so sweet and kind. And, um, but yeah, I, in the book, I, I talk about, you know, what, what that's like to, you know, have a rainbow baby and to, to, I'm still grieving. And I'm pregnant and there's hope growing in me and there's, you know, like yeah. just wrestling through like the grief was so different when I was pregnant as it was like when there was like just my empty arms, <laughs> you know, sure. like no baby, nothing like it, I was still grieving, but it was different. There was hope and uh, like a tangible hope. And then, you know, having her was amazing. And then, um, yeah, so. Um, she's almost three. Oh, bless and her. What's
1: her full name?
3: Asha Elizabeth.
1: What does Asha Elizabeth mean?
3: Asha means hope. Yeah. Oh, that's and perfect. And Elizabeth means promise of God. Oh, yeah. it's perfect. So, yeah. That's so great. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It really it really is kind of a perfect name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good yes, job, you is. guys. Good yeah. job. So um, uh, this past summer, um, we actually experienced another miscarriage and, um, it was oh, early so on the baby was seven weeks along. So it was pretty shocking, um, actually to, to get that news and to, you know, we went in for an ultrasound and didn't hear a heartbeat. And so that was, it was pretty shocking cause it's kind of like we've been through this, like sure. it just felt unlikely for us sure. to experience yeah loss again so it was much different to um experience a miscarriage rather than a stillbirth and it being our like after a rainbow baby like it just it just was a different grief process you know as i'm sure grieving anybody is unique to to that grief experience so um so yeah moving through that has been um Challenging. Sure. Um, I feel like recently, just like just battle, not recently, but um, after that baby's loss, I feel like I really battled discouragement quite a bit, like just trying to keep my head above water. Like, you know, if discouragement is down here and zero is here, and then being happy, sure. <laughs> and full of joy is like way up here, it's like I was like trying to get to zero, you know? Sure. On a daily basis, and wow. I had a couple of really powerful, like, um, well, a ton of a ton of encouragement. Just like people that were just being so supportive and encouraging in all kinds of ways. Just Great. W- we just felt so supported, like with through both losses. Um, wow, I had a couple of prophetic words that were just really massive, like Great. super timely, right, right on time that have really um, shaped this journey. You Can know? you share them? Yeah. So the first one came, um, Sherry Lewis edited my book. Ah. And she's a gift. Wow. She is amazing. <laughs> we love that gal. She's amazing. Yeah. She is precious. She, is. she just really sharpened me as an author. Yes. And, um, so there was one morning, she was like doing some of the final revisions for my book, and she, um, she, she just... Had the urge to like pick up the phone and record. It was like a seventeen minute like prophetic word encouragement for me. Wow. And yeah. she was like, "I don't know if you feel discouraged right now. Oh wow, Mary but Beth. I just want to call out the champion mother in you." Wow. And it was just all about like being this champion mother. And I was like, wow. "This is." A, I was like, I literally got it. Like when I woke up, I was like waking up and I listened to it. And I was like, this is the best way to wake up. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like crying, you know. And, um, anyway, so that happened. And I, it just, it's just like building hope in me and just like, you know, reminding me of like who I am. And sure. like, oh,
0: yeah,
3: you know, cool. like the enemy is the one that's been like stealing. And like, he's the one that's, that's awesome. after your destiny. Like, your destiny is massive. Yeah. You know, like you're so a champion true. mother, you oh, know. Oh gosh. And so, you know so it just felt so encouraging to just like be reminded of that and then um not too long ago when michael maiden was here he gave me a word oh my goodness did it was like (laughs) legit
2: i remember it probably yeah if you remember it it makes a lot more sense now that we've shared now it makes a whole lot more sense even a lot of stuff like six months ago like and he was like he nailed it. Yeah, and you could tell, like, he was yeah. he was a seasoned prophet, so he was holding back from the stage of, like, what was appropriate to say. So it was really cool, obviously, to experience that as a family, but then also to see someone who, like, clearly was hearing from God and, and could have shared that a lot of ways, but did it in just such, like, a beautiful, loving, tactful, oh, yeah. Yeah, Even, mature like, way.
3: the way that he began, he said, The fire that you've been walking through, like, I see you coming out of the fire yeah. unburned. Oh, great. And I wrote about that in my book. Like, there's Great. this whole section on, like, I want to, like, fire burns, okay? Like, that's its job is to burn <laughs> whatever it's burning, you know? Yeah, yeah, so and true. so, yeah. you know, you've got, like, these radical people, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel 3, who they go into, like, a furnace that had been, like, heated, like, times seven, and they come, the only thing that was burned was the ropes that was, that were tying their that's hands. Awesome. And it's like, they came out unburned and I'm like, that's me. I that's want awesome. to be like them. Like, I hope they are in the cloud of witnesses, just yeah. like cheering me out. Like I could yeah. just feel, so feel their, their cheering for me, awesome. you know, and just, um, Yeah, so for for him to give me that word and, like, to word it like that was, like, so good. Perfect. It was
1: perfect.
2: (laughs) Wow. Wow.
3: Yeah. So, and he just, he said, like, things are just getting better. Like, you're only going to get good news from here. And um, God's already calibrated everything you'll need for this process. So, and I've been on such, like, ever since we lost Opal, I've been on quite a, like, found out some stuff like genetically that I've got going on and just been Uh. on a healing journey and um, a physical healing journey. Yeah. A physical healing journey. And um,
1: does that feel good? Like some answers, but some, okay, we can do this about this.
3: Right. So um, sometimes it feels like it does. It feels so helpful to have answers and I'm so thankful. Um, At the same time, I have also, like, put pressure on myself. I'm like, oh, sure. these are things that I need to eat and not eat and do and not do. And, you sure. know, and like, it can turn into, for me in my, you sure. know, makeup or whatever, like, it can turn into, like, oh, my gosh, I had a cookie. <laughs> and I want, uh, like, I really, you know, like, it can turn into, like, I... Here comes the law.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, it can turn into the law where it feels like one thing could lead to another loss. Or, like, one one little thing that I do or don't oh. do. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. It to is, put too much pressure. To put on a person that we weren't made to live with. Right. You know? Um, so, it's just been a journey for me to walk through, like, okay, I... I am choosing health like physical health yeah. and I'm choosing like to enter into this healing journey with these, you know, practical things that I can do. But at the same time, like how do I not turn, turn it into performance and like, sure. You know, um, that's just that's just a it's still
1: it's a journey. You're you just know, navigating through navigating it. it. Oh my gosh, yes. powerfully it sounds like because you're a warrior mother. You know, I, I'm a warrior mother. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's me. That's what warrior mothers do. Yes, they navigate powerfully. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. so is is your your book published? And where could people get it? Um, it's not published yet. Okay. We're just
3: like in those
1: final, there's just <laughs> a couple final things to do before
3: it's published, and so I'm really I'm. Um, I think I can honestly say by the, by the new year, 2020, January, wow. we, can, um, we can just become the butterfly.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it's called Become the Butterfly. Becoming the Butterfly. Becoming the, the Butterfly. butterfly yes. Wow, you guys, we're so happy to, if you guys want to come back, or we would love to just get out information, hope people could help, get a hold of that, because how wow. helpful. Yeah. I don't think it's common knowledge that there's actually a process to grief and that there yes. are tools to to help in grieving and especially that there's a whole person to walk with you through hard oh. things.
3: It's yeah. the best.
1: So thanks, yes. Mary Beth. Thank you very much for writing yeah. it. That's going that's a world changer. Yeah.
3: I I really I really hope it's a good tool for people as they are grieving and can help people come into their own encounters yeah. with the Lord. So
0: so it feels like um, it feels like you guys are just champions, <laughs> <laughs> um, really. You guys. And um, and and honestly, when you when you um, when you own walking through um, the this, situa- this situation and the and the pain. Um, And what I mean by owning that, like you, you actually stepped into it and said, I'm actually going to grieve. I'm actually going to find out where Jesus was in this process and Mm -hmm. what he was saying, even in the middle of the, the pre, the, in the middle, and the post, like you've Mm -hmm. wanted to hear his voice. I feel like what you do is you carry an authority on your life to release and to, to release that to other people. Mm. Um, so, so I think it would probably be a really good idea um for you guys um to um to maybe call some things out maybe um if you feel like anything like a word of knowledge or prophetically um like you can go for that like i want to just mm-hmm. open up the floor for you guys to do that um and there's no pressure for you to do if you don't have anything it's mm-hmm. not that big i mean it's not that big of a deal but i, I want to open up that floor um for you in that platform for you to do that mm-hmm. um and then to pray for families that might be going through some of the same exact, some of the exact same thing. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to say you go. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Okay. (laughs) Um, I would, I would love to pray for for people. I, um, yeah, I just call out the overcoming resurrection butterfly (laughs) and, and, um, those who are grieving that we are overcomers in Jesus and, um, and that this, the, this is not the end of the story. And, um, yeah, I just pray that there's hope that, um, uh, God would you just weave in your hope and your goodness into people's stories that when they look back, it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be an, off-limit subject, but that they would look back and see, see your goodness just stamped as a marker on every page of their story that, oh, God's goodness showed up in this way, through this person, through this word, through this uh, verse, through just anything. You're just, the, the limits are, there are no limits to your goodness, Lord. And, um, I just declare that verse in, um, Psalm 23, six, that surely his goodness will pursue you Mm -hmm. all the days of your life and, um, that you will know his goodness, that you will know his nearness. And so I just, I just pray for courage in um, people that, um, you know, um, yeah, even people that have gotten lost and just like wondering, uh, like accusing God or, um, just pushing him away from the process because, um, because it's too, you know, um, because of, because of a belief about Mm -hmm. him being at fault. Yeah. I just pray that, um, God, would you show up in that, in that area for people and would you just, um, Tell them who you are Thanks. and just um yeah, I just pray for the truth to come in to those those areas where there's questioning and doubts and that people would be brave enough to come to God with with their um with everything, with everything, all of their pain. And um yeah, so I just yeah, I just pray a blessing over those grieving that they would um, taste and see the goodness of the Lord Thanks. in the land of the living in Jesus.
2: Yeah, and I just I feel particularly just burdened to just want to um, let people know that, uh, especially if you're if you're dealing with uh, hopelessness or if you're caught in some type of just a, a vicious cycle that feels like you can't get out of, whether it's addiction or or anything else like that, that um, that that God sees you and that, um, that that he has he has the power to for everything to change right now in this moment. That you don't have to, to do anything right. There's not anything that you have to do other than to look to him and to ask, and and, and it really is his heart to, to see you set free in this moment. So I just want to encourage everyone that 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 the whole trajectory of your life can change right now, and, and that wow. it's there's there, there's nothing that you have to do except to turn to God, and you don't have to have the answers, but but know that that, that he will answer you and that he will change you. And um, yeah, I just. Um, I just pray that, that everyone hears this. Just knows that um, that it's not dangerous to hope. That that yeah. that it's 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 a really really good thing to to not believe conventional wisdom, to not get your hopes up. That no matter what you've encountered or no matter what you've gone through, it's always better to do it uh, with a hopeful heart and just believing that God is going to do something amazing in your life. Mm. And so um, we can even say that. It, through our experiences, through our loss, through our good, through everything. But then also um, another thing that I just see evidence of, of there's people who are are have made 50 years of choices that fly in the face of of, of what God wants for them and, and what his heart is. But we see it on a daily basis that he pursues them yes. in a way that is just incredible. So it doesn't matter what you've done. Um, it has it has very little to do with that, to, that that God can create change um, in, in your life in this moment and that he's not going to stop pursuing you regardless mm-hmm. of of what you've done or, or if you've turned away from him. He he loves you because of who you are wow. and, and, and he wants to see you, um, you know, fully alive and, and, and fully set free. So bless you with that. Thanks. In Jesus name. Thanks. Amen. So.
1: my goodness kyle and mary beth thank you so much you guys for coming we so appreciate you thank you for sharing your story thank yeah. you for who you are thank you for what you've overcome yeah. thank you we just appreciate you it's beautiful and helpful and it's not dangerous to hope
3: it's, it's beautiful <laughs>
1: <Good>. <laughs> thank you wow, we appreciate honor. you what an honor, an honor you guys honor you. us thank, thank you. you guys thank you. Wow. thank
0: you for sharing your story with us and and everybody who's listening too. So, mm-hmm.
1: and again, happy invitation for when the book comes out. We yeah. need to let people know where to yeah. get it. It just It'll feels be on Amazon. S- great. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just feels mm-hmm. so profitable and powerful. Thank you. Mm,
0: thank you. It's so great. And you know, honestly, oh. if you if you're listening uh, and any of this has really struck a chord with you, been like a tuning fork, like oh my gosh, I needed to hear that, or oh my god, this is my story because this happens all the time, <laughs> or oh my gosh, I needed to know that that I, it's, it's not dangerous to hope. Like, you know, yeah. these are so many things. They're just gold that's in here. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at um, bachats at buffalatlanda.com. We would love to hear your story, know who you are, pray for you, and continue to release, you know, these kinds of things of you. So if that's you, please email us. We would love to know. Uh, bhats at buffalatlanda.com.
1: You guys remember that we love you. And
0: Jesus loves you too.